Sioux City, Iowa this week. It just was a real um, slap in the face, to be completely honest, that he would suggest something that is even worse than what the system that we have now and being an afterthought and a pass-through from the state and, and, and just the mechanism that he suggests would not be a sustainable or enriching solution for um, health care for tribal nations. Kitchion chairs the National Indian Health Board and the Department of Health and Human Services Secretary's Tribal Advisory Committee. She says lumping tribal nations into a universal plan is bad. Each of the distinct tribal nations are unique in their location, in their population, in their challenges, and it's just unacceptable to um, create something so generic. In a press conference, Delaney says his better care plan is just an option for tribes and says he would not take away the Indian Health Service or other tribal programs. I plan on building a universal health care system for every citizen of the United States of America that will be robust and high quality. And I don't see why that option shouldn't be available to our Native American communities. But that doesn't mean I don't support that kind of trust relationship we have with Native American communities and our responsibility to, to ensure that they have good health care outcomes. So I've just always believed in options. People get better outcomes when they have more options. And so that was really the point I was making. Reforming health care was one of the many topics covered at the Frank Lemire Native American Presidential Forum. Meanwhile, members of grassroots groups working to protect the water and the environment yelled honor treaties a few times during the two-day presidential forum. Joy Braun with the Indigenous Environmental Network says they want to draw attention to grassroots efforts to stop the Keystone XL and Line 3 pipelines. Braun wants all candidates running for president to listen to their concerns. We know our stuff. We know our histories, we know the, 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 the reasons why we're standing up, we can give you facts, we can tell you, we can spell treaty at you and remind you that treaty is the supreme law of the land under Article 6 of the Constitution. And we're not only us teaching you that, but our little kids who are 10 and 11 years old will tell you Article 6 of the Constitution. So we know what we're talking about. And we're going to force you to the table to start listening to you. Enough is enough. You're going to listen to us because we're still here. You have tried to wipe us out, and we're only growing in numbers. Resource development, environmental protection, and climate change were addressed at the forum. Candidate Marianne Williamson says she is anti-Keystone XL. Some of the other candidates who spoke mentioned they would consult with tribes on pipelines. 11 presidential hopefuls took part in the Native Forum. In Minnesota, the Minneapolis Park and Recreation Board voted Wednesday to rename road signs from Lake Calhoun to Bidet Makoska. The Star Tribune reports it's part of efforts to change the nearby lake from Calhoun to its Dakota name. The renaming of the lake itself is in court. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. And I'm Karen Wright. It is 9.36 and joining me now, our good friend, Master Gardener, Barb Lampson, who is probably like me, enjoying some of the nice cooler weather without all the humidity. How about you, Barb? Hey, I am. And guess what? At our home, um, we haven't had mosquitoes. So yes, that's been so nice. And the Japanese beetles are starting to trail off because it's getting cold. 
Yes, and that's true, too. And they seem to be more lethargic. Both well, a lot more lethargic. But right. the problem is now what they do is I think they go in the ground and they lay their eggs for the grubs. So it's, yes. it's yes. just their season. But it's kind of nice not to have to pick them. I can't even tell you. I've gotten literally thousands. Yes. Of, and yes. I, I've seen that on uh, other sites where uh, websites that people have talked about how they've had so much trouble with the Japanese beetle. And it's one of those things where it's an invasive species that was somehow brought in here and yes. now it's just really... came from Japan. Yeah. It, it's you know, taken... It, and it's really causing problems with a lot of things. It's worked its way out from the mm-hmm. East Coast. And, and it's interesting because I had a lady call me up and she was asking a question about gardening. And uh, after we got done with her question, I said, well, and she's from North Mankato. I said, do you have Japanese beetles? She said, yes, I do. But you know what? She said, I have three sisters in neighboring towns. They do not have Japanese beetles. I've I heard s- that, too, from different people. Some places, it's kind of like at our lake house, which is out by Lake Washington. I don't have any in town. I've just got so many. So, right. so I mean, it's maybe they just haven't reached those places yet. Right. Or the other thing I think, and I don't know if I mentioned this to you before, was there is... A farm field across from my lake house that they spray quite a bit, and I thought, well, could that be part of it? Sure. Not that I'm saying that's good because I know it's killing all the other things, but yeah. So, so who knows what the difference is? It could be that you know they can fly long distances and they also get carried in on the wind. And I also read that um, the Japanese beetles, they the larvae survive best in wet, moist lawns. And so if you have a lawn and you have it in a, it's dried out, so their their larvae isn't going to survive there. So, uh, you know, when you think of your lawn as being a big incubator for for these uh, larvae lasting through the winter, you know, so this is a good reason. We've always talked about, you know, getting your lawn ready for winter and, you know, maybe you're going to water it and you're going to do some reseeding and things like that. But, you know, how much water you put down, um, you should be very, very careful that you just don't turn on a hose and just soak it because that's probably not And, what you know, I see people with <clears throat> with their sprinklers on every single day and I think, wow, that's, I, I know they like to keep their lawn green, but, sure. you know, it's natural for your lawn to go brown in August. However, we have had so much rain this year, mine's still not going brown and I don't water it at all. So. Right. But if you've got little tufts of grass that are dying, Mm-hmm. You might have the larvae in the grass already, yes. and they are eating because they eat the roots. So enough said about Japanese beetles. Yeah. It just has been Move a along. consuming thing <laughs> yeah. all summer long. For sure. As a matter of fact, I've had these little plastic containers with soapy water in different parts of my yard ready to go whenever I see one, um, a Japanese beetle to drop them in. But I'm very happy that uh, at last we have an abundance of tomatoes. You know, it seemed like it took forever for the tomatoes we had you know the isolated one or two and you just think how come there's only a couple and there's all these green tomatoes and they're not getting ripe pow when the heat came yes and there came the tomatoes so we were up at the good council garden picking and my husband said I picked 178 <laughs> Valentine He's tomatoes, counting. which are the little cherry ones. Well, no, they're actually grapes. They're grape the, ones. Well, they're gra- yeah, grapes, they're but called they're the, grape the little ones. ones. Yeah, that, to they're me, they're all ones. cherries. Yes. Well, no, the cherries are round, and the grapes are more look yes. like. Yes, yeah, yeah so. but they're that size. They're little. Know? Yeah, yes. they're that well, generic Barb, thing. I have been picking and picking the Valentines and the tomato berries, and literally 
uh, just so much. So I thought, what am I going to do with all these? So I have been dehydrating. And that is such a great way to preserve them because I've got it down to two little bags now yes. of all those. And I'm doing more again today. I've got some more in. And you can eat them plain, you know, as the dry things. And these little tomatoes have so much sweetness that they're just good even just chomping on them. Yeah, exactly. Well, I guess I've been dehydrating tomatoes now. It's the first thing that we started dehydrating because we had so many. Yep. And for maybe about 25 years. And the thing that I've found is when you've got them and, and they're dried and they're in this small form, I mean, it's so much easier for storing. You put them in a glass jar and you can put them in, a, in some place that's dark. They shouldn't be out in the light. And what I like to do is I like to take them after they're dried and put them into my blender and make them into a powder. Oh. And then when you want to uh, intensify the tomato flavor in something, you just add by the tablespoon. Th- because these tomatoes, this is pure tomato essence. Minus all the, the, the moisture. And, and if you just can't imagine, people who haven't done this, you can't imagine how great this is. And one of my favorite things to do in the wintertime is to eat popcorn. And I love to sprinkle oh. on this tomato powder that I make. It's outstanding because it brings it brings a sweetness it brings it's just it's just really nice and just start out by you know just just use a very little at first and see how you like it but you'll love it i have a question about um do you ever rehydrate them like let's say you want to use them on a pizza for topping in the maybe the winter your dried tomatoes or wouldn't that be good or what do you think you certainly could do that because and you could rehydrate them in oil which would be very very nice that olive Uh, oil or something yeah sure and that would work and there's lots of recipes that call for sun-dried tomatoes that are packed in olive oil now i've never ever stored them for any length of time if i'm going to do that i just do enough for right then because i don't know how well they would preserve in that oil and i think oh, that's I kind of silly yeah yeah, yeah but, but, it, but when they're dried if you like you said you store them properly right. they can keep for quite a while yes exactly and if you love sandwiches if you if you love uh vegetarian sandwiches if you mm-hmm. use a cream cheese Ooh, I, I bet you mix that in would be good I, yes and you mix that in with it oh my gosh that's a great basis and then you start slicing on the vegetables as a matter of fact uh, this last week all summer long i've said told my husband, I'm going to make bread when it's really warm because it raises so much better. And I kept putting Mm -hmm. other things ahead of that and didn't get started and then thought, I haven't got enough time because I need to run out and I'm going to be gone when it's time to uh, put the bread in pans or Mm -hmm. when it's time to bake it. And so I baked bread and I had sliced tomatoes and and cucumbers and onion and it was so Good. I mean, it was just it's so good. As a matter of fact, on uh, one night a week, my husband and I serve food at our church to people who stop in to eat, mm-hmm. and we were serving creamy cucumber salad. What which, do you do to make that? What's in that? Well, that that primarily uh, it depends on uh, if you come if you came from the farm, maybe you're using cream, you know, like half and half. And uh, then you use onions and a little bit of garlic and just salt and pepper and slice your cucumbers and put them in there. Oh, that's it? Yeah, and that's it. Now, what I like to do is 
I like to use sour cream mm -hmm. and just a little bit of mayonnaise and uh, the onions and the garlic, salt and pepper. Slice the cucumbers and put them in there. And then they will give off their water. So you put this stuff, it's thick at first, and then after they sit in the refrigerator for an hour or two, I mean, it's just right. It's absolutely just perfect. Well, right. you know, we're talking about this. I just I just got a, a text here from Lisa. She says, Karen, what do I do with all these cucumbers? We've picked... 18 quarts already and we don't know what else to do so yeah well so i mean that's uh, one thing <laughs> that that is one thing as a matter of fact you know there are a lot of people that haven't had uh excuse me <coughs> oh <coughs> there's no that yeah well this is the time of year that you also if you have allergies they certainly are Our acting up. probably coming out yeah. but if you can introduce um, cucumbers that are made into a salad to people and if they'll just try a spoonful they maybe fall in love with it or sometimes they still won't like it but that's okay but think of different ways to introduce people to cucumbers and we have picked now 80 pounds uh, oh we've my. taken to church to to uh, feed people at church for these meals we've taken to the Teresa house we've taken uh, 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 just up at Good Council, putting them out for people to have. We've taken them to neighbors. As a matter of fact, I seem to be walking around with an armful of cucumbers all the time. And we started out, we had four seeds. We planted four seeds. Yeah, you don't need much. No. <laughs> it's and, like and, the tomatoes. We could feed the world with our, our four plants. <laughs> and, and these and these tomatoes, our uh, cucumbers were so healthy. So we... Uh, grow them on a trellis up in the air mm -hmm. they never Me touch too. the ground and that <clears throat> that really is the way to go with them i've got some that have gotten too big uh, is there anything you can do with those two big ones besides put them in the compost pile i mean some yeah. have just gotten so i mean they're monster well you can you know the the peel on them is going to be really kind of tough so right. you don't want to eat that so so peel them slice them in two and then use a spoon and scoop out the seeds and then the rest of the cucumber is just fine. You can chunk that up and use that in salads. So, so you remove the seeds. You don't want absolutely the seeds? because okay. they're going to be the majority of the of the cucumber. But the but the outer white portion is going to be absolutely delicious. You can also make uh, you can uh, use a food processor and chop them up, and you can make them into a vinegar relish, like the kind of relish that you'd have on hamburgers. All right, or what hot would dogs. you put in that? Uh, well, the main thing is going to be a vinegar base but I would suggest that you get a recipe and sometimes you can take that uh, cucumber and you can mix that also with tomato and then you have a cucumber tomato relish mm -hmm. and those um, you Usually you can those, so you need to you know to, you need to process the jars, and make sure that they're sealed. See, properly. that's my thing. I've got all these cucumbers, and probably <clears throat> maybe Lisa does too, and I don't necessarily want to do, go through that canning process. So that's right. why is there I mean, is there some way you can freeze them? Probably not. I'm guessing. Yeah, you could. You I can. Mean, you could. Don't they get you icky? Could, you could take them uh, when after you take the. Uh, the uh, uh, seeds out, slice them very thin. And I don't have the recipe with me, but there's a recipe for frozen cucumber pickles. Really? Absolutely delicious. Oh. Much better than anything that I've ever canned in a jar. Really? And that has oh. a brine on it, and it's like vinegar, sugar. It's those assorted kinds of uh, 
uh, pickling spices. And, of course, when you use salt, you should use um, the pickling salt. Um, and, and, and if you don't have that, then use sea salt. That would be better than just your regular table so salt. So do you put them in bags, like plastic bags yeah. in the freezer? Because you want to put them in jars, obviously. No, but uh, what you can buy these little freezer boxes. Oh, okay. Those. And and they're about, um, I don't know, maybe that's Different sizes, two I, cups yeah. or a cup or something like that. Put them in there. And freeze them. And the thing is, when you make the brine for them, you you heat that, and you totally let that cool. You don't pour anything hot over these cucumbers. And when that's cool, you blend this all together, and then put them in these boxes. As a matter, and you say they're good. <clears throat> oh, they're they're the best. They're absolutely oh. delicious. They will keep. Uh, we just finished up with our last years. We just finished up eating them now. And when you go to serve them, Karen, you um, you have to put them on the table in this container because you don't thaw them out. Oh, you, you don't just, thaw them out. Oh. No, you don't. You just have them out maybe in the refrigerator for a half hour or so. So they have ice crystals on them yet. So they're still cold. And they're it's just like eating fresh cucumbers. And like you said, it's probably mm. a recipe you could find for frozen cucumbers yes. online. Could I use my big ugly ones for that too yes. if I yes, you know, you took the seeds and the yes. rind up? Yes, and then slice them thin. Okay. This is the big thin, thing. Thin, are you talking like an eighth of an inch or even? Uh, uh, you're talking... Um, fourth of an inch? Uh, uh, less. Oh, less, so, less. So, so you want them thin. Real thin. Yeah. Like they, potato they, chips almost. Yes, exactly. That would be the right size right in there about... Can one dehydrate cucumbers? <laughs> I haven't, and I, I'm just I, wondering if that would even make sense. I don't. I don't know. know what you would use them in after you dehydrate. Roman soup. I have no idea. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you could do that. You can certainly dehydrate zucchini, and and you can put that in soup like that. And yeah. I've done that. And if it's the very young zucchini, you can leave the uh, peel on that. Sure. But if it's older, that gets tough on there too. You want to peel them then. So. Yeah. You, if you have a dehydrator, if you don't have one, think about investing in one and be sure that you get one that has a temperature on there so it tells you what the temperature is. See, I don't. I've just got one that's just one temperature and oh. it's like five layers of, of the plates where you stick your stuff sure, on. Sure. And what I do then is, you know, I'll let it sit overnight and then I rotate because usually the ones toward the bottom get sure. done um, sure. quicker. And so then I'll just, you know, flip yeah. them around. So I don't have that one, but it still works pretty good. Yes, exactly. So start out with something like that to see if you're going to like. Don't spend a lot of money. Yeah. But when you're ready to for a good uh, uh, dehydrator, you want to get one that has the the temp on it and also a good blower in there so it circulates the heat for you then it'll be then it'll go evenly and boy it doesn't take long at all to get things no i mean overnight uh, they're almost done and i'll go probably home at lunch today and they'll those tomatoes right. that i put there just like about eight o'clock last night i finished them up they'll probably be done and sure I'll put them in the bag and there i go yes and be sure that uh whenever you're taking vegetables in from the garden or you're buying them be sure that you Wash them mm-hmm. well. I rinsed them. Yeah. I don't yeah. use soap. I don't need that. Do no, I? you don't Because I don't that. use any chemicals or no, anything. No, so. no. And then I like to put them in a strainer with, that has paper toweling in the bottom so they, they dry off really, really well because you don't want to add any moisture to them. Sometimes I have, with the Romas, I have cut them in half and then scooped out the seeds. Oh. Because they dry even faster then. And then I'll re-slice them again. I always thought the seeds would add a little flavor, <clears> though. So. 
Well, they they do, but after a while, you know, um, you, then you've got the seeds like floating in your soup if you put them in tomato oh. soup or wherever. You know, with these smaller <clears throat> these smaller tomatoes like the Valentines and the tomato, yeah. they don't really have much for seeds. And the other thing is, if you put them into your blender and make them into a powder, yeah. that takes care of this uh, oh. the seeds too. Well, so so that works well. How about leeks? I mean, I've got a lot of leeks this year. Should I dehydrate them? Is that a good idea too, or not necessarily? Well, leeks are wonderful, and you know, if you but I mean, if you got too many, would dehydrate. Can you put them in the refrigerator? Uh, How they'll long? Ke- they'll keep several months in the refrigerator. Really? Yes. Oh, yes. So um, I'm not picking them yet. They're still out there. But. No, they they don't have to be dug yet as long as they're still growing. But I brought with for show and tell today. Here are the bags opening. Uh, yeah. Yep. Here we go. Well, my shallots are done growing, so they're all done. These are onions, oh, are onions uh, that yeah. I dug. The red, the red ones. Mm-hmm. And um, here is. Um, the garlic, and I've dug that too. So uh, once the tops fold over, and some people say, you know, step them down. Don't step them down. That's why great. would you do that? Oh, I, I because the it appears like uh, the onion is raising itself out of the oh, soil, so and you step them down, and you think they're going to grow. They well, don't. they're done. They're dormant. Right. So you're only going to cause damage to sure. the to the bulb itself. But Go ahead and get them out because leaving them in, they will rot if Ooh. we get more rain. Because I've left my my shallots just kind of sitting there, and I'd I get them take, out. Okay, yeah. If if the tops are if they're done oh, yeah. growing, Long you know, done. yeah. And then uh, they go into a sunny room, a warm place. Like if you've got a porch, porch. Where, yeah, I've got mine in the greenhouse, and you dry them off for at least two weeks. I've seen some people hang them by little ropes or something. Yeah, well, what they do tie is the they, they leave them. the tops I've long and then they'll tie them up. But for me, um, I have a the work table in sure. my greenhouse mm-hmm. and I spread them out on newspapers and then I will turn them over. And these will last oh, uh, January, February at least without yeah. getting soft. I assume you have to store them in a cool, dry place though. Yeah, Yes, low humidity is what you want here. And that's when you can, if you've got uh, old onion sacks, you know how they are, they're just mesh, mesh. or netting, right. and you can put them in there and you can hang them up. So the main idea is they get good air circulation, and you check things once in a while to see, because for some unknown reason, uh, every once in a while you'll get an onion that starts going bad. Right. Maybe it the, was damaged or something like or that. or something too. And right. So you want to get that one out of there, but keep checking them. And so you, I've probably told you this before, but when my granddaughter was home last fall, she was getting ready to go back to school. And I said, do you want onions? Do you want garlic? Because she, she's really a fantastic cook. And so I think she took 30 onions back oh. with her and a bunch of garlic. They lasted all winter long. And so this um, spring, I said, are you going to want more onions and garlic? And she said, yes. And I said to my daughter the same thing. And she said, yeah, Mom, I'll take some onions and garlic. So I planted 200 onion <gasps> oh sets. Oh, my. Lord. So I, I had a lot to dig, oh. and, and I have a, I've got them spread out now, and they're looking really great. And everything was, you know, I have to say, despite the strange weather that we had and bugs, I had a, a great garden. The cucumbers have been great. Looks like the tomatoes are going to be great. The the peas were phenomenal. The beans phenomenal. Garlic, onions, you know, everything has just been really amazing. Oh, and have you replanted yet? Because now's the time to replant things like your peas, your I your have, lettuces, your your um, 
spinaches, things like that that are yes. shorter season, and they like it cool. So. I have a package of radishes that are ready to go in. I'm going to put them in the row where uh, the early peas were, and then I've got some peas coming in there. So I don't know if they're going to make it or not. Um, well, it depends on when the frost comes, and as we know, we've yeah. had really late ones, and we've had earlier ones, and right, but last year was pretty early, yeah. I recall. Radishes are really one of my favorite things, and especially these late radishes, they seem like they're sweeter and better because they're growing under cooler conditions. And you can get ones that are tw- that are done in 22 to 25 days, yes. and they're really quick and easy. Yeah, th- that is an amazing thing. But if you're if you're not sure, if you're... Uh, potato vines are still growing and they're nice and green. They're probably not ready to be dug. You can dig down alongside and and pick up and see if there's if there's anything ready, but uh, uh, they're not going to rot as long as they're growing. As long as they're green like that, they're doing well. So I have potatoes that are volunteering because I didn't plant any potatoes this year because I always get that potato rust and I said eh, it's not worth it because potatoes are pretty cheap. So I've got a bunch of volunteers. I wondered because they grow from ones that I obviously missed and didn't dig up. Mm-hmm. Will they? Be as good? You know, I, I don't know, I'll Karen. Have to see, I guess. I mean, it, it, it doesn't seem like, um, but for some reason, if they were warm enough and that, you know, and they're growing, it seems like they should be if, if they've got enough time to mature and I'll make something you know. for you. Yeah, so I don't see why not. But that would be neat if we could start our potatoes in the fall. Wouldn't that be an, a great... It, well, I, like I said, they, a bunch of them came up. I must have missed a number of them from last sure. year that I did because I didn't plant any this year. The other thing, you know, I planted cover crops. I planted oats and peas mixture with the mm-hmm. cover crop, and mm-hmm. then I planted buckwheat. Mm-hmm. And before they... Uh, uh, blossomed, you know, so they wouldn't spread seeds. Sure. I cut them probably so all the blossoms were off. Sure. And now this fall, I'm going to take and uh, turn the soil under because that will add really nice nitrogen. They call yes. that a green crop. Yes. And so I'm really excited to see how that will help my garden for the next year because it was kind of this is out at the by the lake because it's kind of worn sure. out old soil. You know, that is probably the best thing you could have possibly done. It's called a green crop or a manure crop. Right. Even our farmers now are putting in this cover crop. It, it helps prevent erosion, for one it, thing. It does, It and, and it keeps the carbon in the soil. And we know that the carbon dioxide getting up in the atmosphere, that's what causes these greenhouse gases. Although I know I'm going to have a lot of volunteer peas because, it, you know, it rained so much. I didn't get out to the lake house to pick. There was there the pod peas. I don't think I picked a single one. And there was a bunch of them in there mixed with the oats. So next year I'll have peas everywhere, I'm sure. Well, good for you, Karen. So bad, yeah. Hey, you know, I was going to say, um, it's time to get out and start. Uh, you can you can plant garlic now for next year. Garlic is a crop that does really well planted in the fall and there's different types of garlic that you can get what I have um, the one I have with me today is the French garlic and it's called rucumba and it is the hardneck just it's been really great for me I've never bought any new garlic seeds since I started out. Wait, do you start yours from seeds and not no, the bulb? No, it's, oh. it's the bulb. Okay, it's, yeah. It's the bulb. Because I've noticed a lot <clears throat> of the I get a lot of uh, on my email, the ads from mm-hmm. all the companies saying, oh, now buy your garlic now. So yeah, yeah. I, I was just curious, is there really that much of a difference in varieties? I, I don't there, there is, and I think it depends on what, what you like. And um, I got this from a, a master gardener um, 
at least 30 years ago. Oh my goodness. And all of us gardeners got this uh this the uh garlic from her and it's just been incredibly successful and so I stay with that. You know the thing is garlic uh that's it takes so little space and you've got it and it's fresh and if you haven't grown your own garlic you don't know how absolutely delicious that can be. It's just phenomenal. You know, my problem with garlic is I always forget I have it. Like this summer, I, I forgot it from fall. Yes. And all of a sudden, I started smelling something in my car about March when things started warming <laughs> up. <laughs> and some of the bulbs were still firm. So I planted them this spring. So I, I haven't looked to see if they do. I mean, what, do you think I'll have anything? Because I didn't plant them in the fall. I planted them this spring. Well, I think if if the bulbs were still good, I think you will. Oh, check. So, so uh, yeah, dig How them up How do you know when that's it. ready? Do they, do they, they don't the, die they, off? Yes, they do. Oh, they do? They, they do dry up. The tops okay. dry up. And what you should do when they form these little flowers on top, you should cut them off. It's the same way with the onions. You know, be sure and take off that flower because you don't need the plant to grow seeds. What you want it to do is to... Energy uh, down in the bulbs. Yeah, that's that's where it belongs. Another thing I saw when I was out and about, uh, many, many stores now have their garden mums in stock. A, a variety of prices, sizes, colors. And I just want to remind people that unless you go to a garden center... Uh, and they will tell you, this is a hardy mum. This is a Minnesota mum. It will survive the winter and bloom next year. Now, I had one of these cheap throwaway mums from last year, and it came up this spring. And I said, okay, let's just see what this does. Well, it grew, but it it hasn't even thought about making flowers yet. It just won't. So you can have a plant maybe it will survive but getting it to bloom is something right else. and a lot of them at the big box stores or you'll see they're cheap yeah and they'll basically boom for fall and they're a throwaway That's which right. i hate to do a compost and i i bought mine at a nursery where i know it's hardy and i didn't never pinch mine off you know how we always talked about pinching yes. them off yes so mine have already bloomed and are almost done Oh, wow. I know, because wow. that's yeah. my fault. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there's just so many things to do. <laughs> that's right. I have uh, got two hardy mums now. I have a Minnesota yellow. and I do, too, and it's beautiful. A, and that comes up just, just really nicely every year. It's dependable. And I also have the from the My Favorite series, the Red, Autumn Red. And that has been with me for years and has been so dependable. So, you know... I still need to fill in. There are spots where I've pulled out plants, especially the annuals. Right. You know, they get dead, kind of dro- droopy looking. And, and you want to have color as long as possible. And they're good for that. They're very, very good for that. Even after the blooms go, are gone, the foliage looks very good on it. Which so it's nice. very hardy. Yep. Have yep. as green and as long as we can before it gets to be the dull brown and gray of winter. That's right, Karen. Thank you, Barb. Always great to have you. Thank you for, for having me on. Talk Bye-bye. to you next week. Always great to talk with Barb Lampson, Master Gardener, and find out what's going on, what's growing in your garden. And we got to thank you, Barb, by the way, from Lisa. Lisa, we're glad we could help you solve some of your cucumber problems, and hopefully she'll be able to use some of all those (laughs) many quarts she has. Yes, keep growing cucumbers. They're just great for you. They are. It is uh, two minutes past 10, and you are listening to uh, Minnesota Morning on the Maverick at KMSU Radio 89.7 FM in Mankato and KMSK 91.3 FM in Austin, online at KMSU.org. Broadcasting from the campus of Minnesota State University, Mankato. Big ideas and real world thinking. Here is your Minnesota history lesson for this morning. (sighs) 
Welcome to MN90, Minnesota history in 90 seconds. In 2015, Chris Fisher was teaching anthropology in Colorado when he joined a team traveling to Honduras to locate a fabled vanished city, the White City, or the lost city of the monkey god. Chris Fisher had grown up in Duluth, where he'd spent many days traveling into wilderness via canoe. But nothing could have prepared him for the dense jungle that had been identified through aerial technology as an abandoned man-made site. They hacked away at the foliage, and suddenly a team member turned up a stone jaguar head at the base of a pyramid. Everybody stop, back up, don't touch anything, don't clear anything, please. The expedition had not located the lost city of the monkey god. That was just a legend. But they had found the remnants of a civilization that had abandoned the area around 1500 AD. In 2017, Chris Fisher, the Honduran expedition, and the city in the jungle were documented in the nonfiction book, The Lost City of the Monkey God, by Douglas Preston. MN90 is produced by Ampers, diverse radio for Minnesota's communities. Made possible by funding from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Online at mn90.org. Standing in this space-age room With machines that pump the TV too The doctors with that knowing look That says the end is soon Outside life doesn't skip a beat My mind is pulled out from under my feet Nothing seems real yet This is the real heat
just smiled and said, I'll see you again. Oh, 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 
That is Alison Krauss along with John Waite with Missing You and before that Keen 100 Years. And we heard Wyatt Easterling teach me how to say goodbye. I've got a little guest in studio here who just came by and uh, get right up to the mic there. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, What's your name? Blake. Hi, Blake. Blake is my 12-year-old son and he surprised me by by, um, coming in the studio. He was supposed to be out uh, with his aunt and they were going to tag butterflies. So, uh, Blake, you didn't want to tag butterflies, I take it. I didn't feel like it. So instead, you came to the radio station. Yeah? Yep. If you nod, if you nod, people can't hear you. Remember, this is radio. Oh, yeah. Got a joke for us, Blake? Blake is 12, by the way. Think of a good joke. He's thinking. What's red, what's black, white, and red all over? A newspaper? No. A penguin with sunburn. <laughs> oh, gee. Okay. Got any other good ones? Don't you have a long story or something you've told before? Uh, don't remember it. Oh, come on. He's he's looking around. He's so enthralled with looking at all the posters all over the wall. I think it's overwhelming him. But, Blake, what grade are you going to be in this year? Seventh. And what are you looking forward to about seventh grade? Meeting my friends. Oh, it's all about friends. Do you go to school to learn, too? Yes. Okay, what's your favorite class? Gym. <laughs> Gym. Any other classes? Math in sixth grade. Oh, you like sixth grade math? Yep. How come? The teacher was good. Good teachers. Teachers can make a big difference, can't they? Yeah. Now, I understand you're going to be going to the state fair pretty soon. Yeah. And what are you going to be doing at the state fair? I'm going to be doing a comedy presentation. About? about how to groom your emu for the fair. What do you mean grooming your emu? They don't have emus at the fair. It's a new livestock division for the poultry class. Yeah, that's a joke, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) And so you're going to be going up to the state fair, and you have an emu, as I understand it, don't you? Yes. Tell us a little bit about your emu. His name is Eddie. Mm -hmm. He came from Australia. Right. And he is quite energetic yeah he is he's and he likes to entertain doesn't he yes and how do you feed your emu very carefully (laughs) very carefully why what's what's your emu do uh he's a little nippy at sometimes oh yeah okay so i understand when the state fair you are also having your dad is in a tuxedo as an assistant to you on the stage what does he do he hands me my props and now he has a death, a uh, extremely fear of large birds. Does he? <laughs> because the emu attacks him, doesn't he? Yeah. Okay, Blake. So did you come over here hoping that I would um, loan you some money so you could get some? Nope. No. Or did you already go to the uh, ice cream place? No, I didn't get ice cream. I just got a chocolate bar. <laughs> okay. So we know the ulterior motive. So anyway, nice to have you, Blake. I'm going to play some more music here. Uh, don't go away yet. I'll have to chat. I have to chat with this young man. Uh, we've got some Anna Bergdahl here, and this is fun on the Maverick. Got the radio on, feel it coming on strong. Wanna shake it all up? Wanna come, come, come along? Sleep all week, feel like a zombie geek Gotta put a, put an end to this losing streak now 
I'm a James Dean rebel for a brand new age I'm by me breaking out of a booby trap cage Start doing it right, but doing it wrong I'm a new fairy looking for a new King Kong
wash you clean. That is Beth Thornley. And before that, we heard Anna Bergdahl with fun. And my son, Blake, who just happened to bike over across campus so he could buy a chocolate bar at the Quick Trip and just decided to stop and see Mom, which was very nice. And then he did his comedy routine. He's doing a skit at the State Fair, a comedy routine with his emu puppet. And so he did it for Tim, minus the, the puppet. And so... Tim laughed, so I guess it's all right. So he, he, he uh, it was good for him to have to practice it again, too. Hey, if you are an international student, you're far away from home, you don't know where to shop, maybe you don't have a lot of things, especially some big things like furniture, there is an international student furniture giveaway that is happening this Saturday, and it is at the Bethel Baptist Church that's on Monks Avenue, just down the street from campus a, a little bit. And it's Saturday August 24th, which is this Saturday, 10 a.m. to noon. And if you want to donate some gently used items for this International Student Furniture Giveaway, you can contact Kristen at 319-830-5019. Or I'm sure if you contact the Bethel Baptist Church, they could probably help you too. And there's an email as well. It's kind of a long one. It's Mankato IVCF. Mankato IVCF at gmail.com. If you are interested in donating gently used items for this international student furniture giveaway. And of course, I know a lot of international students we've given furniture to in the past. Maybe they don't have a, a bed or, you know, table or chairs or things at all. Because when you're coming, you just can't bring your couch or things like that for your apartment or dorm. So again, this Saturday, if you're an international student or you would like to donate to help them out, this Saturday, August 24th, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. And if you're donating, I'm sure they'd prefer you bring those items before. And if you have any questions, you could also call me at the station, but that's kind of a nice thing to help out some folks. And if you've got extra furniture, maybe you've uh, got married and you combined your stuff, you have extra things, or you've graduated and you have some things you don't need, well, let somebody else use them and then they'll be put to good use. And it's good not to just throw them into the land pile. And usually when you're a college student, you aren't real picky. I was thinking back when I was a college student, I took things from home that really nobody wanted <laughs> at home anymore. And not the, maybe the best quality, but hey, you're a college student. You're not going to use it forever. So that is a kind of a neat deal if you can help out. I've got some Michael Martin Murphy here. This is off of the Sagebrush Symphony album. And I really like this one. This is the Geronimo's Cadillac. Great storytelling song here. Hey, put Geronimo in jail down south Where he couldn't look the gift horse in the mouth Sergeant, Sergeant, don't you feel there's something wrong with your automobile Governor, governor, now isn't it strange They didn't have no cars on the Indian range Warden, warden, listen to me Be brave and set Geronimo free
I wish I could go home 
hold all the people I've lost Forget about all that's gone wrong Couple songs there about blackberries. Dale Ann Bradley with the Blackberry Summer and the Bills, Blackberry Ivy and Brown, Broom there. And Michael Martin Murphy starting that set out. It is 1039 and you are listening to a Minnesota morning on a beautiful, beautiful day. And we are warming up out there, but it's still going to be just not too hot, not too humid. 70 degrees right now. And today's high 76, mostly sunny skies, and it looks like tomorrow 75 and mostly sunny. Some clouds moving in on Sunday, high of 73, and it looks like if there's going to be rain, it will be later on in the day into the overnight into Monday. So maybe a, a rainy Monday, the first day of classes here at Minnesota State University, 73 for the high, so not too hot, but uh, wet. About four tenths of an inch of rain expected on your Monday. And then the rest of the week looking very nice in the low 70s, even uh, 69 toward the end of the week. Going to be feeling more like fall and sunshine. And then those leaves are going to start to turn. I already noticed my Japanese beetles and mosquitoes and the other bugs are sort of slowing down when it gets cooler like this, which is a good thing. Then you feel like you can go outside again and not be barraged with bugs biting at you all the time. This is Mindy Mc or Heather McCready. Wrong McCready. It's Heather McCready. It's off of Give It A Day. This is Life here on the Maverick.
the fullest Dream it just as far as it'll go Pencil in your future Let it come what may And in everything let loose and let it flow Life, live it to the fullest Dream it just as far as it'll go Tell your own life story Make up how it ends If you're living in a box then let it grow let your vision lead you there Take it to the limit, take it farther if you dare I'm not saying get in trouble, but I'm saying let it go Let passion guide your future, but not cause I said so Life, live it to the fullest Dream just as far as it'll go Pencil in your future, let it come what may end let loose and let it flow Bust out of convention Let your vision lead you there Take it to the limit Take it farther if you dare I'm not saying get in trouble But I'm saying let it go Let passion guide your future But not cause I said so Something that can't be undone 
so sorry that you didn't try and try, but sorry just ain't quite enough. Oh, what does it mean to be hungry, hungry and hunting and wild? And only the best will allow you to rest. You'll be hungry again come the morning time. Should you take another turn? Can you find another way? Should you talk to yourself a little more? Push right through that closed door. Oh, what does it mean to be lost? You can't find your way on a map. Took the wrong turn, forgot where you came from, and now there ain't no going back. Sarah Draws there with Take Another Turn, and Heather McCready with Life. We got our client climate connection coming up at the top of the hour and much much more here on a minnesota morning i was looking at things uh taking place that you might be interested in the there is a vine is hosting a hospice care presentation that is next tuesday so if you want to plan ahead it has they have a news release that says nearly two million people are expected to receive hospice care in the united states this year and my mom, when she was in her last seven months, had hospice care. The best thing you could have ever done. The sooner you get them involved, the better. It's an amazing thing. But Vine Faith in Action is hosting a presentation about hospice care. And just because you're in hospice doesn't mean you're going to die immediately. We thought, you know, for my mom, we got them involved early. And she was on and off hospice for four years. And then the, the final seven months, uh, she had hospice. And the neatest thing was one of the volunteers that was my mom's hospice assigned to my mom she would come once a week and she would ask my mom questions and write stories about my mom's history we had one of these little books you can get at most any bookstore which says my history and it says my first date was or when I was young I played you know just just little like prompts and we have of, of those seven months almost an entire book filled with memories that this wonderful volunteer recorded of my mom that we probably would have never otherwise known so it's really cool so there is a vine faith in action presentation about hospice it's called taking a fresh look at hospice care that's this coming tuesday august 27th from 2 30 to 3 30 at the vine adult community center so the 2.30 to 3.30 next Tuesday, Vine Adult Community Center. Just FYI, something you might have to face at some point in your life, and why not learn about it before you have to get there? It's uh, always very emotional when you get to that point, so if you know about it before, then you can make a little more informed and, and rational decisions. That's that's what we found, anyhow. I'm going to move along, get you some more music here, because I'm feeling a bit, a little bit like little banjo, little uh, bluegrass. So we got a little bluegrass tinged show this morning. Hope you don't mind. It's uh, not always, but sometimes we do this sort of thing. This is Darren and Brooke Aldridge off of their Faster and Farther album. This is The River. Mm-hmm. 
last thing that I meant to do The first mistake that led me to This hell you've held me in You were never mine But you never minded Selling lies And I bought them each and every time Till our time was up again One kiss from you can't move, I'm paralyzed by this paralyzed. Got me hypnotized. Oh, what can I do? Well, I'm paralyzed. I'm terrified. Wondering where will I end up if I lay down with you and let you keep me paralyzed. Creek Boys is the name of that group, and the song's Paralyzed. Darren and Brooke Aldridge before that with The River. It's uh, 10.56, just a few minutes before the top of the hour. We'll have our climate connection coming up in just a little bit. I was looking at things that happened in history that were kind of interesting, at least to me. This isn't necessarily uh, music-related, but I love chocolate. I love candy. It was on this date in 1902 when Fanny Merritt Farmer, a.k.a. Fannie Mae, opened her cooking school, Miss Farmer's School of Cookery, in Boston, Massachusetts. And I like Fannie Merritt Farmer. I like chocolate. And this guy, I just thought he had a, f- a funny name. It's just a weird, weird name. And not that his invention it really interests me, but it was 1904 when his first name was Hard, middle initial D, his last name Weed. Hard, Hardy Weed <laughs> patented the grip tread tire chain for cars and then on this date 1962 the first live tv program was relayed between the united states and europe 
through the United States Telstar satellite. And of course, now there's satellites all over up there. I don't know how they don't crash. It just amazes me. But that was back in 1962 that they could uh, relay that message for a live program. That was a year before I was even, even born. Okay, let's move along. More music. This is Tom Brousseau. I'm pretty sure that's how you say it, Brousseau. It looks like French to me, and I have not played this in a long, long time. He's a North Dakota native, and this is a song called Wear and Tear here on the Maverick. Broken windows and busted doors, buckled trusses and sunken floors from the front with the naked eye it leans back to the right and paints pin coming down there's chips of red on the ground in a couple racks in the yard a two-door old a flatbed board 
North Dakota native there, Tom Brousseau. It is two minutes past 11, and you are listening to a Minnesota Morning on the Maverick at KMSU Radio 89.7 FM in Mankato and KMSK 91.3 FM in Austin, online at KMSU.org. Broadcasting from the campus of Minnesota State University, Mankato, big ideas and real-world thinking. I'm Dr. Anthony Lazowitz, and this is Climate Connections. Kirsten Kurtz is a soil scientist. She's also a visual artist, and she's found an unusual way to combine these two parts of her life. I was taking a class in acrylic painting, and I was really not liking the colors of acrylic paint. And at the same time, I was working in the Cornell Soil Health Lab and becoming really enamored with the variety of colors of these natural soils. So Kurt started making paint out of soil and using it to create vibrant images. A dancer's dress is a rich red and a landscape glows gold. Now she invites others to paint with her at events. Most of us as children played in the mud, and I think that it brings back this kind of in-touch-with-the-earth feeling that a lot of us have, even if we aren't that close to farming or close to soil. She hopes the experience inspires people to care about soil health. She says unsustainable agriculture and development have degraded much of the world's soil. Reversing that trend is important for growing food. It also helps the climate, because healthy soil stores a lot of carbon. I just want people to understand that soil is a natural resource as important as clean air and clean water. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. Learn more at YaleClimateConnections.org. Break walls do more than protect harbors from waves. On this current cast. In the Milwaukee Harbor, a 500-foot section of breakwall has been redesigned to support fish. It's made of huge boulders that fish can hide between. Then it's covered by a layer of smaller rocks that create habitat for prey. John Jansen of the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee studies life on this breakwall. He's found what's called the bloody red shrimp thriving in its nooks and crannies. Virtually every small fish out there is feeding on this and gorging on it. So the shrimp has helped make the breakwall a thriving habitat for fish. Ironically, it's also an invasive species, so more research is needed to understand its long-term effects. Current Cast is produced in partnership with Cornell University's Atkinson Center for a Sustainable Future. Learn more online at currentcast.org. It's five minutes past 11 o'clock, and you are listening to a Minnesota Morning on the Maverick at KMSU Radio. I've got some John McCutcheon, and John McCutcheon is a, an amazing storyteller. Oh, my goodness. He's described as an archivist, an activist, an instrumentalist, groundbreaking family music artist, songwriter, multiple Grammy nominee, and legendary live performer. And I've got an album. This is back from 1999, and it happens to be one of those stories that includes politics. And I don't even remember... I, off the top of my head, who was president in 1999? Was it, I don't even want to say because I'll be wrong and I can't think of the, the year. But as we know, in any time, politics is going to play a role in people's lives. And sometimes it's just more mm, talked about than other times. Like these times, there's a lot of talk. Well, this is 1999, and he did a song about politics back then. And I don't have any leanings one way or the other, but it's just interesting that how it's somehow 
is a topic no matter when or where or what what time what era and this is a song called vultures from john mccutcheon Shaking like a junkie, searching for a vein Hungry for another hit of pleasure and pain Trying to catch a little glimpse, craning our necks Longing for a daily dose of violence and sex She was another single mother, lost in a wreck She had trouble with her diet, she had trouble with her ex Trouble with her in-laws, she's trying to have her say Jesus trying to find some happiness, she's trying to find a way This world we live in is already weird enough Without some sleazy magazines trying to sell the stuff Spice it up with innuendo, garnish with a lie And serve it with enough self-hatred in your humble pie Like a fish in a river, biting on a fly They're trying to make us want stuff that we can't buy The worst kind of treachery, worst kind of taunt Trying to make us buy stuff that we don't want Swimsuit. I don't want to see Frank Gifford kissing anyone. I don't want to see any John Bonet Ramsey stories. I don't want to see how the rich have fun. I don't want to see Monica Lewinsky. I don't want to see Frank Sinatra's last days. I don't want to see Demi Moore's new plastic surgery. I don't want to see any more OJ. At an accident, circling overhead, praying on the living while feeding on the dead. The last to get the message, but the first one's on the scene. But no one here is innocent, no one's hands are clean. It's for us they take the pictures, it's for us they chase and spy. We tell them with our wallets every time we buy. The only way to stop them is to tell them where to go. I can't believe I'm quoting Nancy Reagan. Just say no. Albert in the motel. I don't want to see the face of Jesus on Mars. I don't want to see another story about the Kennedys. I don't want to see Liz Taylor's scars. I don't want to see Elvis at the Dairy Queen. I don't want to see Jerry Springer anywhere. I don't want to see Sonny Bono on the ski hill. I don't want to see because I just don't care. And send your flowers, go ahead and shed your tears and Open up your eyes, come on and open up your ears The next time you're standing in the supermarket line Just shut up your wallets and just speak up your mind Tell them, take them off the shelves, ship them all back We're so damn tired, we don't want to see this crap Don't you think it's time we took a principled stand? Don't you think that there's enough blood on our hands? She was another single mother, lost in a wreck. She had trouble with her diet, trouble with her ex, trouble with her in-laws. She's just trying to have her say, trying to find some happiness. She's trying to find her way. We're all just trying to find some happiness. We're trying to find our way. 
There's a world where we all abide A wise man walks and a foolish man rides The manufacturer stars on a TV stage Johnny Cash couldn't get arrested today Everything's changed, I can't say Who's to blame, but I do know one thing Media critics king The filing down the corner drugstore They used to shake your hand when you walked through the door Red, white, and blue, it was our little town Till the super center came and it shut up another commentary by a singer-songwriter on politics. This one in uh, 2015, so more current. That other one was before that was uh, from the Vultures, and that was 1999, and Katie Joe, our young intern, <laughs> came in and said, it was Bill Clinton, Karen. That's who was president then, and I couldn't remember, so excuse me, but yeah, she was right. So every age has its... Uh, critics no matter either way one side or the other so i thought i'd play two of them in a row two different uh, generations essentially 1999 and then 2015 yeah that's a, enough apart to realize yep it continues to go around hey there's a story from wisconsin only in wisconsin what i'm from wisconsin so i can talk about this and i'm from a big dairy farm so i get cows 
Wisconsin firefighters were called to rescue a cow from a swimming pool. And uh, <laughs> this is in Trempolo County, which is kind of central Wisconsin. One of my best friends is a veterinarian around that area. It was Ettrick, Wisconsin, and sometimes a cow just needs to take a dip. Firefighters with the Ettrick Fire Department responded to an unusual rescue just Tuesday. They were needed to help get a cow safely out of a pool. Thankfully, their hard work paid off and the cow was returned home safely. Ettrick is a village of around 500 people located in Trempolo County in Wisconsin. So they made the news. They got her out safe. That was a good thing. You know, we had cows. I think I've talked about this. Uh, didn't do so well when they went in the pond. When we were farming, we had 20 head that got out in the winter. I don't know if the electric fence quit or what happened, but they got out, ran across the snow, ran in the center of the pond, and they all drowned because once you get in there, you can't get out because the ice was frozen. So that was a tragedy. At least this cow had a happy ending. So good for you, cow. <laughs> Although, why are you walking around somebody's swimming pool and why is it not fenced in i thought that was a thing you were supposed to do but what do i know it's about quarter after we'll have just a little more time we'll get to blues with marky marconi maverick and polka katie joe and country cal coming up at the radio a la carte show at noon right now though i have some tom petty this is cracking up
Find your strap phone. Try to sell it to her daddy. Hello, Nick? Wait, hello? I mean...
to Jack McDuff there. That's the cold duck tonight. Before that, Christine Ullman and Marshall Crenshaw with Levon Helm. 
It's uh, time for me to, just about time for me to say so long, but I want to let you know if you are on the campus here at Minnesota State, maybe you're a new student, maybe you're a parent, and you think, oh, what can I do? There's nothing to do around here. Oh, my goodness. There is so much to do this weekend, this uh, today especially. Things going on all day long because it is welcome week. We had move on day yesterday in campus, crazy traffic, and uh, most people are at least settled somewhat. But now there's entertainment, there's food, there's you name it, including the Backyard Bash starting in just a couple minutes, 1130 to 130. The Ostrander Student Bell Tower and Alumni Arch are having a cookout style lunch with live music featuring Nookie Jones, yard games and more. You can mingle with returning and new students alike and with student friendly staff. This is the on campus meal plan lunch option for Friday. So you have your meal ticket, go use it. And all Backyard Bash attendees, which are students only, sorry, faculty, staff, uh, you will receive a commemorative MSU 150th anniversary shirt featuring the Minnesota State Mankato Rouser. The shirt is brought to you by Atwood Property Management, Barnes & Noble at MSU, Fun.com and others, etc. Of course, I could get a little ad in there for them. But yeah, Backyard Bash, 1130 to 130, the Ostrander Bell Tower, that's the tall, pointy structure on campus and the Alumni Arch Barbecue for free. Use your lunch pass, I guess, if you're a student. They've got free games at the Maverick Bullpen, which is in the lower level of the Centennial Student Union. You can do bowling, there's billiards, there's video games, and much more. That goes on from noon to midnight tonight, so hang out there if you want. There's games on campus, the Choose-A-Palooza. You get to choose prizes. There are $1,000 worth of great prizes, and uh, that, let's see, where is that at? The Centennial Student Union, wander around, you'll see a lot of this. And there's the Hmong, the Hmong Student Association's Fall Showcase, 1 to 3 p.m. They've got the Maverick State Fair. If you can't make it to the State Fair up in St. Paul, then uh, MSU, as you covered, the annual Maverick State Fair will have something for everyone. They've got food, games, fun, and that will be on the mall, meaning outside near the fountain. So that's 2.30 to 4.30, something going on. Uh, there's a prize flight. There's ice cream spectacular, 4 to 5 o'clock. There's disc golf event, group exercise class, a twins baseball party at 7 p.m. tonight in the Ostrander Auditorium. There's the indoor climbing wall. That will be open for you from 7 to 11. Oh, my goodness, so much. There's karaoke tonight. There's stargazing from 9 to 10 out at the, uh, the observatory on campus, which if you don't know about, good place to find. Open ice skating. My goodness, so many things. I wish I was a student. I could do all this. So look online if you uh, aren't sure what's going on. You could go to mnsu.edu. And uh, it's probably easier just to, to do a search and find Welcome Week. That's how I had to find it. It wasn't obvious. So Welcome Week events here at Minnesota State University. It is. Let's check the temp outside before I have to say so long for the weekend. 73 outside. Today's high, 76 and sunshine. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. It's going to be beautiful. Here's our friend, Marky Marconi Maverick, and your blues break. Good morning. It's a Friday edition of Blues Break. This is Marconi, your radio friend. And today we're going to hear from Dennis Grunling from a release, Ready or Not. This actually came out in 2016. But uh, recently, Dennis has been kind of partnered with Nick Moss, and they have a couple uh, 
alligator records out that are kind of leading the pack of blues records recently. Uh, I, I believe we featured one just last week on the really big show. Uh, Dennis is from New Jersey, came up uh, kind of as a rock and roller, but after he heard his, he got his harmonica, his first harmonica the same day he heard his first blues record, which featured uh, James Cotton and some others. And as they say, the rest is history. He is uh, Electric Blues Harmonica. He, his website is Badass Blues or some such thing. And uh, it's, it's actually quite interesting. It sort of describes his attitude. But uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, of valuable information there and if you're a harmonica player he has collections of microphones he has harmonica jewelry and a, a lot of stuff and uh, uh, Dennis is an aggressive player uh, usually dresses in like zebra or leopard skin sport coats uh, quite a guy I've seen him uh, with Nick Moss a few times never saw him way out here being an East Coaster he is but anyway we're going to play a few cuts from this. Dennis Grunling, ready or not, featuring Doug Deming in the Jewel Tones.
Love alone won't make 